Hey everyone, welcome to the If Nothing Else podcast. I am so excited that you are here. I know I say this every time, but I know that this is going to be a good one. Even just recording this episode, I was so convicted and the Lord just taught me so many things through my own notes on this podcast, um, this episode, and we're switching things up a little bit different today. I'm going to talk about my experience at an event where the Lord taught me through it. Um, my takeaways from it, and we're just going to dive deep into what it means to be desperate for the Lord, what it means to long for Him, um, that every part of our being would long for Him and pursue Him on a daily basis, um, every second of the day. We're going to talk about what it means to lay down your life, to count the cost of following Him, and what it means to say yes to God, no matter what he calls you to do. So I hope you enjoy it. Take some notes, have your Bible, look up the scripture. Um, It's going to be so good. Okay, let's get started. So I'm switching things up a little bit today. I know normally I like to just throw a whole passage at you and we talk about it and we go in depth and just discuss what the passage means and means for us. But I wanted to talk about an event that I attended last weekend, and I wanted to talk about my takeaways from the event, what I experienced, what the Lord is putting on my heart. Um, It's pretty cool. So yeah, let's get started. I don't know how this will look or how long this episode will be, but I think it will be good, and I'm hoping that it'll be encouraging and maybe even a little convicting. Um, Because this event convicted me. So I went to the send um, from the day that this is posted. It was, I think, two weekends ago. But the day that I'm recording this, it was last weekend. And it's an event in Kansas City, Missouri. I believe it's every two years. And it's basically an event with the purpose of commissioning believers to go out, um, to be sent out to share the gospel, to go on missions, to go to other countries. Um, And so that is a one-day event. It's on Saturday, and it was from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. So it was an all-day event. But the whole week prior, they called it Flood Week, and they had Awaken the Dawn, um, tents out in a field, and they just had worship. So they had one huge tent. It was so big. And they had basically just a corporate worship. They had, like, the bigger people come and worship under those tents and they had chairs under and um, they also had five smaller tents around that field that had smaller sets going. And like one tent was an Israel tent. Another one was different languages. Another one was East coast, West coast, one was central. So it was really cool. It was basically just a field full of tents and it was just worship and prayer. It was so cool But what was crazy is how hot it was outside this whole week and on Saturday. It was so hot, especially under the tents. It's even worse. There is no airflow. There are tons of people under these tents. Um, You would think that it was better under the tents because you're not in the sun, but it was actually cooler out in the sun because of the breeze. But those tents were full of people, especially the main tent when there were sets going under the main tent, it was totally full. I mean, hundreds of chairs, um, and they were totally full. There were people just overflowing 
from those tents, there were people sitting on the ground along the tent. There were people standing around just trying to hear what is going on under that tent. And it was such a beautiful picture of people who were hungry for a glimpse of what was going on in that tent or for just a hint of what was going on in that tent. And I feel like that is a picture of what we should be doing as Christians, especially um, during times like COVID when we couldn't go to church, but we need to be hungry even for a glimpse of what is going on. We don't know the full picture. We are on earth and someday we will know the full picture, but we just need to be hungry for even a taste of it. Um, And that's what I saw at the sin, especially with these Awake in the Dawn tents. People were hungry for a glimpse of what was going on under those tents. They were hungry to hear the worship that was going on or to listen to the speakers and learn more about the Lord. Um, And when we get to the actual send, the main event um, that was on Saturday, it was 90 plus degrees, an all day event. There are people of all ages there. Uh, There are people even sleeping out, like out of the sun and they were in the shade sleeping. Um, There are people getting overheated, heat exhaustion, but I heard no one complaining They were so happy to be there worshiping the Lord all day, learning um, about the Lord, listening to speakers. Um, People were just hungry to hear and just to see the lengths that they went to to go and do that. I met people from Poland. Um, I met someone from Australia, tons of people from Hawaii. There were many people who drove a long way to be here. There are tons of people who flew all of these people set aside what their plans, um, their time to come in to the send, to come to the Awaken the Dawn tents, worship the Lord, to be sent out, to be commissioned, um, to learn more about the Lord, to meet other believers who are in the same spot as them. And it was so encouraging to me to see that there are people out there like that, but it was also convicting. Um, because I've never been around such a large group of believers who are desperate for more of the Lord. They were desperate to be sent out and to serve the Lord. And they are so willing to say yes to whatever the Lord calls them to. And when I look back at my experience, the sin and awaken the dawn, this one verse comes to mind. It's Psalm 27, 4, and it says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. And this is exactly what I saw as I was sitting back and watching the people just hungry for a glimpse of what was going on in the tent or hungry for the worship that was at the sin. They literally laid down their comfort. They laid down their plans. They laid down their time so that they could go and do this, so that they can go and worship the Lord. And this this verse in Psalms, it's this one thing I seek that I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. This is exactly what these people were doing. They wanted to just dwell in the house of the Lord for all of their days. If the Lord told them to go to the sin, they are going to go. They came. There were tons of people there. Um, They just wanted to sit in his presence and that was enough for them. So I know that most of the people who are listening to this podcast live in America. 
Uh, we live in a prosperous nation that costs next to nothing to be Christian. I know that there's still a lot of persecution. I know there has been in the past few years, but for the most part, it costs next to nothing to be a Christian in America. A survey showed that 88% of Americans have at least one Bible in their homes. 88% have at least one Bible. You can go out to the thrift store and buy a cheap Bible. There are even organizations and churches who give out Bibles for free. Because the average number of Bibles per household is 4.3. Think about that. An average household has more than one Bible. The average is 4.3. And it's so easy to go to church on Sunday morning. It's in air conditioning. It's 10, 20 minutes up the road. It's a quick hour-long service, and you only have to do it once a week. I would challenge you to look up what it costs to be a Christian in other countries. There are people who could be killed or thrown into jail for their faith, yet they still go to church because they know that's what's important. There are countries where it's illegal to have a Bible, so instead they have scripture memorized. Yet Americans have multiple Bibles in their homes, and they have never read the whole Bible. They don't have any scripture memorized. It's so easy to say that you're a Christian, and it's so normal in America. It's comfortable to be Christian in America. But comfort can be so dangerous because we can fall into routines, and we are no longer receptive to change. We become so satisfied with what we have because we come become comfortable, and we no longer see that the Lord is the one who fulfills our desires and our satisfaction. It was so encouraging to see the sin in the tents because there were so many people who set aside their plans to be there. They set aside their comfort and they set aside their possessions, but they did it because they wanted to sit in God's presence and lay their lives down to be sent out. I know most of us will not be called to serve I know a lot of us won't be called to serve in a faraway country or even a dangerous country. Many of us will actually stay in America. So we need to be careful of the comfort that so many Americans experience here, especially as Christians, because when we're comfortable, we do not cry out to God. When we're satisfied in what we have, we don't find satisfaction in God. I genuinely believe that when we can combat this comfort, this complacency with zeal for the Lord, Laying down our lives for the Lord, counting the cost of what a sold-out life looks like. We need that zeal for the Lord, that desperation that nothing else will satisfy. If you were to lose everything you have, all of the comfort that you have, would what you have left be enough? Would God's provisions be enough? Would your relationship with God be enough? If God told you to leave everything behind, would you do it? This is so funny that this is what the Lord put on my heart after going to the sin, because that is why this podcast started that if nothing else, if I don't have anything else, if everyone leaves me, if my family leaves me, if my friends leave me, if I lose all of my possessions, the Lord will satisfy. The Lord is enough. The Lord provides. That is where this podcast came from. And so we're just circling back um, to the idea of if nothing else. I think it starts with sitting in his presence and building a personal relationship with him. I used to be the Christian who would go to church every Sunday. I would go to youth group on Wednesday, and I believed that was enough. But there was no relationship there. It was just a to-do list. It was just, okay, I went to church. I can check off church on Sunday. And, okay, I went to youth group. I can check off youth group. 
But then I was convicted and I was told that I need to pursue him daily. So on top of church and youth group, I would make sure to read my Bible or a devotional once a day, which is great. But still, there was no relationship there. It was still a checklist. It was still do, do, do. But it wasn't until recently that I realized that it is so much deeper that we don't have to do because he's already done it. He, it's already completed on the cross. We don't have to do. We don't have to um, check off a list anymore. Instead of just communing with the Lord once a day, it turned into an every second thing. And I think a lot of people don't teach you this. They say to read your Bible once a day, or they say to make sure you pray before you go to bed and when you wake up in the morning. But it is an every second thing. When I am where I'm so excited to wake up and read his word that the first thought in my head in the morning is him. When praying became a joy and essential and I did it just casually, I did it on my knees in the morning and at night, but I also did it casually throughout the day, praying for people who drove by me, praying for people who walked by me. For every person that I encountered, I want to tell them about Jesus and I can hear the Holy Spirit speak in a still and quiet voice to me. Guys, having a personal relationship with God is not a task. It's not a chore and it's not a to-do list. It is the coolest thing you could ever have. And I think that is where zeal begins. It's realizing that there is something more, that God wants a close and personal relationship with you. And every second of our life should be devoted to Him. And I feel like a lot of people don't talk about this. And I never really knew what it looked like to walk that close with God on a daily basis, that every second is devoted to Him. I didn't really realize that until God placed it on my heart to go deeper, to pursue Him more, that there is something more, um, and that everything that I have been doing, it was religion. It wasn't a relationship with Him. That every single second of my life now is just surrounded by him. Like everything that I do, first I think of him. When I go out and do things, I ask him if this is what he wants me to do. I make sure to include him in every single thing that I do. And if he says not to do it, then I don't do it. And I never realized that this is a relationship that I could have with him until he started taking me deeper, until I started getting into my word and realizing the relationship that these people in the Bible had with God, especially in the New Testament, seeing what Jesus said um, about having a relationship with God, that we could have this personal relationship with God, that he becomes our father and he wants to hear from us and he wants to talk with us. Um, that's when Psalm 27, 4, the one thing I ask from the Lord, the only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. That truly needs to become the cry of our heart, the desire of our heart. This needs to become what our heart is longing for. I love that verse because it's the only thing I ask from the Lord, the only thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that that is enough, that that is all we need. Because if you're only asking for one thing, that means that that one thing is all that you need. And that is what he is saying here is that we only need one thing, and that's to dwell in the house of the Lord for all of our days of our lives. I love it to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. So just looking at him, longing for him, seeking him in his temple, in the church, in our rooms, anywhere, 
that should be the desire of our hearts because that is where the zeal comes from. That's where the desperation for a relationship with him comes from. Psalm 63, 1 says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I love the words that are used here. It doesn't just say, you, God, are my God. I seek you. It says, earnestly, I seek you. These words that were used here are not an accident. They're on purpose. We need to earnestly seek him because he is our God. We need to thirst for him. And it doesn't just say my being longs for you. It says my whole being longs for you. That our whole body knows that apart from the Lord, we can do nothing, that we can be nothing, that we are always missing a piece and we are apart from the Lord. So our whole being longs for him. It longs for this relationship with him. It longs for the provisions um, that he can provide provide us with. And it says in a dry and parched land where there is no water. That's why we thirst for him. Because when we are in this world and we are messing around with things that are not of him, we are going to be in a dry and parched land. But Jesus is the living water. He is the one that we need to thirst for. And he has already provided it for us. Psalm 84, 2 says, my soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. The same words used here, this strong language, my soul yearns, even faints. Think about how important the courts of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, God's presence is. In Psalm 84, it says, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So when we seek him with our whole being and we long for him with our whole being, we will find him. So the more we seek him, the more we will find him. When our hearts cry is that we only want to seek one thing and that's to dwell in his house forever, to literally gaze on his beauty and seek him. To earnestly seek him with our whole being, that our soul yearns for him and our heart and flesh cry out to him. When we seek him with our whole heart, it is out of that desperation for him that we are willing to lay down our life for what he has for us. That is when we are willing to say yes to laying down our life for his kingdom. This is when I believe there's a shift from just going to church every Sunday or even just reading your Bible once a day to check it off the list to an every second pursuit of him, that our whole being cries out to him. This is something that I'm learning right now. I am extremely extroverted. And you can ask any of my friends if we are out with people, talking with people, or we're out at dinner and I drove with someone and they have to go home, they have to literally pull me away from the conversation to get me to leave because I do not want to leave. But I have noticed recently that when I'm, sometimes when I've been in those situations or I've gone to church or I've gone somewhere else, I will sit there and my soul will just long to go home in my room and be alone with the Lord. He is putting that on my heart when I'm going from someone who struggles to leave a conversation because I am enjoying being with people so much to wanting to go home and just sit with him and pray and minister to him and just learn more about him and worship him. Um, 
That's crazy. I never thought that would happen, but the Lord is just showing me that it's in those alone times with him when I'm sitting alone and communing with him and praying to him and talking to him and listening for him. That is when my heart is fulfilled. That is when he satisfies the desires of my heart. That's when my belonging um, for him is truly satisfied. It is no longer a checklist. Check it off and then push God away until the next morning. It's out of desperation and zeal that I am seeking him with my whole being. The sin actually had a phrase that they were saying, and it says, the war on inaction has begun. I think that's how it goes. The war on inaction has begun. And I feel like that inaction that I had experienced for the past few years of my life, it's it's done. It's no longer happening. The war on that has begun. The Lord has pushed away my daily checklist of communing with him and it has become action. It's become every single part of my day, every single second of my day. I just long to be with him and I long to talk with him and I long um, to worship him and to learn more about him. I am truly seeking him with my whole being and it's out of that desperation and that zeal. So I want to ask you, are you living in comfort? Are you living a life ready to say yes to God no matter what it costs you? Are you living for the great commission? Are you counting the cost and are you sold out for the gospel? When I say counting the cost, I mean, are you willing to be persecuted? Are you willing to give up your friends, your family, your job, your possessions? There are so many things that we can lose, but what we have to gain is so much better. When I say counting the cost, you could lose so many things, but what you gain is Jesus and you gain an inheritance and you gain heaven. You have a place in heaven. So what you're gaining is imperishable because it's in heaven. It's not on earth. It is so much better. And once you realize that counting the costs is so amazing because what you have on the other side is so much better, it becomes so easy to say, Lord, take away whatever you want, because if nothing else, I have you and that is enough. And I know that one day I'm going to sit in your presence forever and worship you. And that is all that my being longs for. So I want to leave you with 2 Timothy 4, 7. It says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. That verse is so good. Imagine just on your deathbed, just thinking this and truly saying, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I want you to have said yes to what God has called you to and that you have pursued the Lord with all of your being, that when you're at the end of your days, you know for a fact that when God called you to do something, you did it. You pursued him in every way that you could possibly pursue him, that you're being longed for him and you communed with him all the time, that when you stepped out of faith, when he called you into something so crazy, so unimaginable that to the world it looked so weird, but it didn't matter because God called you to do it. So you did it and you stepped out and you pursued him and you said yes to him. So are you willing to say yes? I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. To stay updated, follow at If Nothing Else Podcast on Instagram. Feel free to DM me with any questions or if you want to connect. Don't forget to spend time in God's presence today, and I am praying for all of you. Bye, guys.